Hello, everyone. We're inclusive. Welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open minded musings of two mid 40s curmudgeons staring on the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. Uh, th- this podcast was founded by our great grandfathers, <laughs> right, Noah? It was your great grandfather, Hillel Tarno, and my grandfather. My, my great grandfathers didn't speak English. We are dude. upholding a proud tradition of my grandfather, Mordecai Bed Yonatan Scurry. Uh, as well, but they got. Was together. that really his name? No, that's not really his name. I My can't. grandfathers were Maxwell Tarnopolsky mm-hmm. and Harry Tiemann. Sound a little Jewish to me, my friend. Sorry. And I guess I had a couple others. Yeah, uh, Sam Cohen. Uh, uh, oh, I feel terrible. I feel so bad. I'm such a bad Jewish son, child of Jewish immigrants. Anyway, cut this. If it if it makes you feel better. Um, my father and my grandfather never ever once mentioned his my great-grandfather's name or anything about him and all the time I knew him. So there was actually an active concealment of the family. And I'm, I can't understand why, and those people aren't my life anymore, so I can't ask. The idea of concealing a whole generation or part of your family tree was standard operating procedure with the um, working-class uh, Catholics, the Italians and, and Irish back in the day. I don't think that holding on to a family legacy meant anything. Uh, and I kind of wonder if there wasn't some shame involved there. Wow, you got really dark and serious, man. Yeah, so uh, I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American <laughs> Caesar Enterprises. We got to, you know, get it together. Hello, everyone. Happy new episode. I was going to say happy Saturday. You're not listening to this on Saturday. Uh, it's been a rough week all around, but here we are. We're together. This is a safe space. So like I said, I'm Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which is uh, an indolent, self-employed plumbing business. One man in a truck. Yes. Uh, going from exactly. place to place very slowly. I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy. I am Noah Tarno. I have a real job, and I run a real business. Uh, that business is the big quiz thing. America's premier provider of corporate and private trivia events. Virtual, 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 virtual 2020, my friends. Speaking of yes. things that uh, purport to be something other than what they are, speaking of concealing yes. your legacy, uh, hiding the truth, uh, our topic this week was something that has been, uh, I got to say, all, one of our listeners, actually two of our listeners, my good friends in uh, Cardiff, Wales, or the, the surrounding metropolitan area of Cardiff, Wales, Mr. Sky Wingfield and Mr. Neil Gaskin, put me on to this uh, uh app a couple weeks ago and uh, we have a, a going whatsapp thread uh and so they've started using reface a uh, popular deep faking thing that i see has kind of like ripped through social media recently especially twitter i see people putting up strange images i'm like wow is that really this person like on britney spears no this is a man with a beard on britney spears body and like i don't quite know <laughs> what i'm looking at so like we've just been backing and forthing on this uh, whatsapp thread with all these various ridiculous preposterous images and fun to see everyone's face remapped onto other strange gifs and whatnot but yeah we're talking about reface which is is a popular deep faking app. It seems to have caught on like wildfire for the for the moment. And a little backstage, we were actually supposed to talk about this a couple of weeks ago, but then uh, WAP happened. And I said, and, well, and we could not avoid the no we, wet and gushiness of that cultural phenomenon. Nor nor should we. I feel like it nor. took precedence. We needed to do that. But I think it's. I still see it's relevant. I still see, more people, in fact, 
you know, some in our circle and some out are using it. So it's, it's still proliferating. You know, there's still some there's still some bite to this, as it were. But it is uh, not unlike FaceApp, which we talked about. Was it last year? No, I think it was last year we talked about FaceApp. Was that what it was called? The thing that made you look like an old man? I yeah, that was last year. Actually, man, yeah, I mean, it was last year, maybe the year before. But I lose track of all this crap. I know, I know, I know. These things get better and better, whereas all FaceApp did was give you the option to look at yourself. I think you could swap a gender and you can swap your age out. So it aged your face down and it aged it, it more or less transferred you to whatever gender, the opposite of whatever gender. Maybe I'm, am I in deep territory here? I mean, gender is a construct, but you get my point. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, so the, gender is a construct. So this thing, it's another deep fake app. Its privacy policy is more forgiving than FaceApp, which was Russian-owned. Yes. And so they, you know, the old one we talked about kept all your submitted images, they, which everyone understood probably had a pernicious back end of making a facial recognition database for sale, I'm, I'm sure. Nothing bad can happen with that. I think all the fa- the fears were unfounded. But but this app, right, nothing. who I should add, I in my research, uh, the provenance of this app was actually unknown. I couldn't get a real... I, I assume it's in the United States soil? Uh, I read a little something about it. It was... Um, uh, uh, I actually have some notes here. Let me find this article. I should have sent it to you. It was from TechCrunch. Mm. And it really bothered me because the guys who came up with this app were your total stereotypical tech bros. Like, hey, what a great idea. Not thinking about the consequences and not caring at all. Yeah. CEO and co-founder Roman Mogilny. That that's, is an interesting that's name. That's Russian. That's Russian right there. Uh, Ukrainian. They're okay. Ukrainian. Ukrainian. But the business is incorporated in the U.S. Okay. It was originally called Dublacat, and then they changed their name to Reface AI, which seemed like a smart move from a marketing standpoint. That's referencing the Jurassic Park. They were so busy thinking about if they could do it, they didn't stop to think if they should do it. So I'm kind of previewing what I think of this app, but mm-hmm. please continue. No, it's not much more complicated than that. So it uses a neural network to wrap a 2D submitted selfie that you take. You know, you essentially take a new picture submit it even a couple of them no you can you can give them an old picture but it looks like it's inviting you to pretty much give a new straightforward mugshot the most useful bit of facial identification you can think of so what it does is it wraps those uh, it wraps those images around existing gifs so far as i've seen it uses i don't, I don't know where it's pulling all these gifs from but they're very common ones that you can find uh, all over social media so for instance you know pop songs movies actors the little girl in the car who's si- the little you know who's side-eyeing the camera whatever her name was Chloe, like anything that is a GIF you can get your hands on, you can probably give your, you know, you can give it a shot of mapping your face onto it. Now, the difference is this app wipes away your image a few hours after submission. It doesn't hold on to it. Apparently, as they've stated, it's a promise of not monetizing your image without your permission or somehow using it for pernicious ends. So I guess we'll take them at their word. I don't know. No, you seem to have tipped, <laughs> you tipped your hand a little bit here. What do you think of uh, face uh, reface? So yeah, you're putting your face or your face of your friends on the bodies of, and there's a wide variety of videos available here, whether it's current pop stars and music videos or figures in the news or you know, I was doing stuff I like, so characters from The Sopranos or old pro wrestlers. You know, there's a, there's a little something for everyone, I would say, here. And you put your face on it, and it gives you a little looping gif that lasts like four seconds. The entertainment value of this seems incredibly small to me. Hey, there I am as Tony Soprano. And you look at that for five seconds, ha ha ha, maybe share it with a friend. And granted, there's a lot of stuff there, so you could do that for an hour with different things, but I get bored of this after two of them. Then there's the, oh, isn't this cool that they do that? Which I guess is true, but there's even less of that because... Half a second into thinking this is cool, you wonder what 
the pernicious effects of this technology are, which I will talk more about forthwith. I just don't see what the big deal is. I mean, it's cool. On the other hand, it's not so good that it doesn't look seamless. It doesn't look perfect. So it's more, haha, then wow. The appeal of it is more in the, the most basic joke in the world. It's a joke with no depth to it. It's an inadvertent laugh. You know, it's like a like a fart joke. It's funny, but like there's no depth to it. So it, it hits you on a primal level as opposed to something really, you know, a really good. We talk about this all the time. The haha versus ah, that's really funny. You know, the thing that, that works on multiple levels. It works on barely even one level. So I just don't see what the big deal is. And I definitely don't think the value of this entertainment is worth it for the the possible negative impacts of this technology of where this kind of thing can take us. I mean, it's only negative. So I, I think this is pretty bad. I think there's a little entertainment value, but it is so infinitesimal. I just, I don't have much use for this. Opposite of that, I wish something like this would disappear. If you would have said to the us of 20 years ago, you know, there's a thing that that little slivery black death mirror in your pocket has a thing on it that allows you to almost better than not map your face onto Russell Crowe and Gladiator, for instance, or or Ronald McDonald, right? You know, you'd be amazed to say, "How is <laughs> Can that?" Can you really do that? I'm looking that up. Actually, see, I did. now I did. I actually you did say that. that, and now I want to see that. So, see, there is there's some entertainment value, but once I look at it, I'll be done. Two seconds yes, later. You will be done two seconds later. I was getting a lot of novelty. Sky kept sending me these great, great, great uh, gifs. Like he put his face on Henry Cavill's body as Superman, and it looked fucking spot on. Some look better than others. Yeah, well, Neil would send pictures of Stallone, and it's like, Jesus, that looks great. And then Sky sent me a picture of him on, with Chris Pratt, you know, doing the dance for the End of Guardians, and I'm like, fuck, that's really good. So I started doing my own, and the results were garbage every time. It looked like somebody wearing a horrible, like, leather face skin mask, where it's like, oh, that's this is patently unbelievable. Why does a guy like Sky Wingfield have a face that's built for this, where it can map it perfectly, but my face looks like some kind of profane horror? You know, I don't quite get why it looks like when Tony Hopkins uh, shredded the guy's face and then puts it on the other dude as he's being rushed out of the uh, jail in, in, in Philadelphia. Tony, only his best friends call him Tony. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the novelty value was like me looking at how tight uh, it looked. The, the freaking Henry Cavill gif looked so great. I, mean, I was I was amazed yeah. that it was like, wow. This Ronald McDonald of my face is actually pretty disturbing. Yeah. It looks good. Mine was disturbing too on Ronald McDonald. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of spoiled that the ability to do this, the wonder of it is completely evacuated. And the thing is, it's like, it's really too bad that something like this, which in a more innocent age would come at us with something more enjoyable, the potential to just look at this, this technology, the thinking that got there, and yeah, even the novelty of a small loop video. But we all know that this is merely the first stop on the express train to hell. Yeah. Because yeah. where this where this event This is not the first stop. Okay. This is the dining car on the train that's already been hurtling. Right, right. The snowpiercer uh, about to fly yeah, off yes. into the abyss. <laughs> this is this is the drug-fueled party tr car <laughs> in the snowpiercer. But I mean, like, we all know that this is a test run for more pernicious things. I, we keep yeah. using that word, and I love it because I think it's totally appropriate. This is the and it's test a good run. sounding word, pernicious. It's got a good sound to it. It does, but it's like this yeah. only goes in one direction, and this is yeah. just the small little test run yeah. for what winds up yeah. happening. The video of Joe Biden saying, I eat baby blood and yeah, sure. you know, rape monkeys. Is, yeah. it, right. 
if if somehow you know some guy standing up and just just saying oh you know what they wiped the pledge of allegiance and that's clearly not true out of their platform right. when you actually show video of some guy saying something horrible how are you going to walk that back with people who can't decode messages anymore or have yep. complete yep. fealty to ridiculousness right so or members of a cult welcome to america sure i mean the cult is only getting whatever that cult winds up being if what it is now or what's going to be in the future is only going to get larger it's really hard to look at i mean you know i, I guarantee you we are going to talk about more things that are deep fake based as we go along because it's going to insinuate itself into more technology. How long will it be before the next PlayStation 4 game allows you to actually map your face onto like Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six? Which, you know, I mean, that kind of thing is cool and there's some use to it if you want to like actually personalize your Grand Theft Auto character so that it's actually your face inside there rather than some generic dude. That is not terrible. That's a game, but we're not talking about a game. We're talking about, well, what what are the other uses that are completely non whole that are completely terrible. And we can only sit here and wonder as two non-imaginative 45-year-old guys what that might be. QAnon makes a video that says, see, all the cra- you said we were crazy, but it's true. Yeah. Here is quote-unquote proof that Tom Hanks, you know, has satanic rituals where he rapes babies and bakes their blood into ciabatta. They're going to start doing that. And the vast majority of Americans who are completely media literate, I mean, not vast majority, but a lot of Americans who are media literate are yep. going to take that as ironclad proof. This is the problem. I don't think you need imagination to see where this goes. Bill, why do people like Reface AI? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, this isn't the most popular of our topics, unlike, say, a couple of weeks ago when we looked at Twins, the new trend. This isn't something that's so big it's impossible to ignore. But it's definitely got some purchase. You know, I've seen a bunch of people post videos from this on their Facebook feeds and people are, there's articles about it out there. So why? Why do people like this? Is it because they're stupid? No, you know what? I No, because I think it's really <laughs> smart, clever people who've been putting this thing up. Like I said, I have a ton of esteem for Sky and Neil. And I've even seen some other people, too, on Twitter, you know, people who are part of the film nerd collective out there. And I can see there's a little fun game of like, you know, the beach ball at a concert where you keep it up in the air as it goes yeah. from side to side. So it's like you respond with Sharon Stone and, and Basic Instinct as one woman Gidget put that picture up. And it's like, oh, God, that looked awesome. And her Sharon Stone, her face being mapped on a Sharon Stone gif was really yeah. tight. It was it was By great. the way, that's something I forgot about, the idea of porn, right? This will make it so you can see any woman in the most explicit porn you could dream of. Precisely. That's well, that's horrifying you know, in another way. Ironically, I almost think that this is the age group has been 40 to 50. The, of, of the people who I've seen are enthusiasts of this. Maybe it's a transient enthusiasm, but nonetheless, these are people who are sort of our generation I've seen pass it around. The idea of people going into, like, trying to out-skunk each other with, like, neat movie cues, pulling sort of more obscure, specific. Like, you know, me and you going back and forth, and you pick Randy's no, I think you picked Ultimate Warrior, and I picked yeah, Randy. Put your face on, yeah. Put yeah. your face on Ultimate Warrior yeah. and Macho Man, right? We did that, it's, and then Hulk Hogan and stuff like that. There's a little bit of that chess game. If it's people like us who were just trying to like test the depth of what is available, it's not so much even our face on the thing. It's like we are picking gifs out. That winds up becoming a message in itself of like, oh, it's a, it's a game of trying to like out obscure somebody or go down a little rabbit hole. I mean, certainly that's not the only thing that's popular about this. I think you're absolutely right. Is that the potential, the promise that this offers of being able to debase people, you know, remove their dignity remotely is absolutely astonishing. And that's what people are waiting for is to take a mapped picture of some girl in your class 
badass. Paste it on to someone who's doing, you know, depraved things with their body in film, and then you could have instant fantasy that is completely against somebody's will. You don't need to even make a revenge porn. It's like you could just create a picture out of thin air and do it. We are dealing with some real sick fucks, uh, especially amongst kids, people whose sliding scale of morality just isn't ours because they're growing up at a different age. So they just don't have the same relationship with the values that we do. That's what I'm saying. I would turn them as being sick fucks, but I think kids would just say, this is what it's like to be a kid today. So the things that I wouldn't do, they will quickly trample those fences and do them. A little off topic, but I read an article in the New Yorker a few years ago about a, a lawyer who specializes in defending women who are the victims of revenge porn. And it was very interesting. And they gave one example that just kind of broke my heart. This woman who her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend, scumbag, he didn't even have naked photos of her. He just posted a photo of her face next to a photo, like a close-up of like some other woman's genitals. Yeah, right. This is hers. And yeah. she's a fucking whore. You know, she didn't even make the quote-unquote mistake of trusting a man she was intimate with, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, this is that on steroids. It's really sad. So why is this popular? Look, it's people are easily distracted. So the five minutes of pleasure is and surprise in the primordial joke has more power now than ever before. You know, we want this little thing that we can delight ourselves for five seconds on our phones because life sucks and we whip out our phone at every every possible moment to give ourselves a hit of something. And this is like it. It's like the hit of seeing the cool post on Facebook. It's like the hit of the Instagram photo that, that appeals to you. You get this little thing, and it's it's a pretty potent hit to see your face on Megan the Stallion's body, <laughs> to see, you know, put your friend's face on Iron Man's body in the Avengers, whatever. Um, Tony Sirico. Yeah. Yeah, like all the kids love Tony Sirico. So like I say, like it, it has value. I get value to it. I laughed when I saw my face on Ronald McDonald's. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. but it's such a, sh- it, it's this, this is what social media does to us. It's this, it's this shot of adrenaline. It's like a drug. Drugs are bad, man. Also, you know, the celebrity worship. I've said it so many times. Celebrity is the most powerful force in entertainment. It's more powerful than everything else combined. And this really plays up that element in that, hey, see see yourself as the hottest celebrity right now. See yourself as Ryan's world. I wonder if that's out there. Oh, God. You know, it, it's, it's really mapping you onto the celebrity world, which is even more potent than, hey, here's a funny picture. Here's me as an old man, or here's a funny picture of me swinging the trees like a monkey. It's me as, you know, whatever celebrity I love. Me as, you know, Miley Cyrus. Me as Chris Hemsworth. It is that hit that distraction fueling drug hit multiplied by the power of celebrity who are these men of lust greed and glory rip off the mask and let's see no would you have liked this as a kid yeah i think i would i definitely have more celebrity worship in those days than i do now uh i wasn't as distractible then as i am now but that might be a function of just the world you know mm-hmm. yeah it was there were a lot fewer distractions right ironically i i find we talked about this sometimes like things like video game playthroughs that are as dull as dirt from our point of view and somehow kids sit through them for hours and hours and hours and hours so i actually maybe this is optimistic for me think that if the young generation actually has an easier time concentrating than our generation now their brains can navigate their digital natives their brains can navigate it better than ours can yeah i don't think i would like it much more than i like it now but i really question whether anyone likes this a lot Mm. is there anyone who spends hours doing this is there anyone who uses this more than five minutes at a time like i say this seems like it is less popular than a lot of other things we've looked at on this podcast fewer think pieces about it 
because it's just harder to get wrapped up in it so much. Yeah. And that's maybe part of its insidiousness is that it's not something people are really going to look at. It's just going to be there. It's just going to be in the firmament. Dig its claws in. I mean, I think that was part of the problem with TV in its early days. No one really stopped to think about the value of or the effects of TV until it was already at the center of American life. And they they imputed incorrect things on TV. Remember, when it was supposed to be an educational tool. It was supposed to be this idea wow. for transmitting information. Completely uh, different from what it wound up becoming. You know, it was like there was a fantasy of what TV might well have been, but that clearly was well, not the, the, that was not the for-profit the thing tied up with the idea of commercial airwaves. Uh, it wound up becoming a completely different monster. There was also the fantasy that it had... It couldn't possibly have any mental effect. That media literacy was a completely unnecessary topic, whereas, you know, I think it's like the most necessary topic. There was a quote from some lawmaker about something about teaching media literacy, and they said, you know, with TV, is, there's nothing to consider there. It's a toaster with pictures. Yeah. And I always want to go like, well, if toasters had pictures, they'd be something to, toasters would be a lot more contentious than, you know, something that turns bread into toast. Yeah. Well, I don't think I would have been into this much either. Like you said, there's perhaps thinking of it in the way I would have as a kid where I don't sit down to do it for any more than just make one GIF. I've come back to it when I've seen uh, my buddies in this WhatsApp thread. Every couple of days, they'll I'll see a, a, a fever like there'll be a, a you know spike in them posting gifs, and so I'll make a couple. And I'll put it down for a couple more days, a week or so, and then they'll come back again. So it's not anything you sit in front of it and do over and over again. It's almost like a right. little you know just the button you press to do something fun as a right. novelty. Of course, these are all right. men in their forties. It's a much different relationship with this thing. If it you know my behavior or my response to it as a kid would have been any different. It's a limited novelty to me anyway. If we didn't have friends to sort of keep propagating its use, right? That's essentially why I've kept it on my phone and haven't gotten rid of it is because I was playing a game. Then I, you know, I would have dumped it and I would have had no interest in it. I think we know the answer to this one. We've already covered this. Is the Reface app deep fake technology or actually this, uh, this article had a more, a less pejorative term for deep fake technology. Synthesized media. How's uh, that yeah, for right. a euphemism? Synthesized media. You know, that's, is that's, the rise... That's a lot yeah. of Toto's music is what I call synthesized media, Noah. <laughs> is the rise of deepfake technology, a.k.a. synthesized media, a.k.a. or specifically in the Reface app, is that a sign of the apocalypse? Yes. Next question. <laughs> no, it is. And I'll tell you why. I mean, this is what we've been getting at. It's the idea of the Overton window, right? Which I, unfortunately, yeah. we know this term now because it's spreading all over the place because the fucking Overton window has been turned into an aircraft hangar from, from a window, you know, <laughs> a sliding door big enough to get a 787 through. The idea of putting your face onto Tazon Day or something like that. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. I know. Just pulling <laughs> okay. Out, I guess. But, but it's like, okay, so start with that. And it's like, everyone's already been briefed. They've been familiarized. But now you have the, the potential to do it in your hands. Everyone's on board with the process. And everyone keep it, even kind of understands what you can do with it. That's when you get to this Overton window of like, we would have thought that spoofing your face onto something else would have been a real invasion of your privacy. Now it's among friends, right? It's like a joke if you put my face on uh, Cardi B. You know, that's fine. We have trust. We can do that. Where this winds up going is kind of horrible. I mean, you tell me that I was about to use it. An old, like Natalie Portman used to talk about how she was chased after by pervs and pedos when she was younger, right? It's like, unfortunately, that 
was the condition that she came up in the business. So she would always comment on the fact that her career was plagued by undue male attention in the worst way, sexualizing a child when she was a teenager. And even though she's in her mid-30s now, I think that she carries that scarring along, that idea that there's, there's all this... You know, people trying to sexualize her, even though she's, you know, she's married and has has children or a child or something like that. I mean, it's sick of like, okay, so then what would they do to the next generation of Natalie Portman, the sexualized child? Whether it was the Fannings or that girl from Stranger Things, uh, you know, Millie Bobby Brown, right? All these young women who were in media that people like sexualized so early and it was creepy to like watch the response. So it's like you're telling me that somebody's not going to go put a like make a fuck picture out of some 15 <sighs> or some 14 year old girl. Well, that's the Overton window. That's Here we so are. horrifying. This is why we're at the, this is why we're at the, you know, the sign of the apocalypse. Yeah, everything you said is true. I mean, so much of the problem we have now is that what is truth anymore? And again, media literacy there used to be, there were four TV networks, there were two newspapers, there were five magazines. You could arrive at some consensus of what the truth is. And there were I mean, old no- white men with thick black glasses who dictated it to you well, every night, yeah. you know? And that shit wasn't perfect, and I talk about this a lot. I give the example, oh, everyone was listening to the Beatles. I don't think that was true. Good luck hearing the Beatles emanate from windows in a in a Puerto Rican neighborhood in New York in 1964. So there are good things about the bifurcation of culture. You know, nothing's more important than truth. One of my favorite novels ever is 1984, written in 1948. Really got at that. Nope, sorry. You didn't see that picture. It's not there. It's gone. You never saw it. But I saw it. Arguably, there's nothing more important than truth. And now we can't agree on this anymore. Yeah. Separate separate ecosystems of fact and truth is ridiculous. Right. And now, you know, you, you take it to another very dangerous level when you can present someone with what used to pass for ironclad proof, but is not proof is is fake this might be what what did we past have as as the most i mean i know we said ryan's world is the worst thing but what's the worst thing in terms of like apocalypse specifically uh you know i mean the most recent thing is ryan's world and i don't think it's light to bring that up just because of what that meant between blurring the lines between child exploitation and crass consumerism and conspicuous and talent consumption. And, yeah yeah it's talent. pretty bad but this is this is worse this is worse for this you, know, you can th- you can ignore ryan's world i do every day except, <laughs> except when i fucking talk to you and we keep bringing I it up on the show world. exactly noah let's bring this thing home let's put it away our last segment is jealousy does anything about reface inspire jealousy in you I just, you know, I looked up again this TechCrunch article, and it's a photo of the founders. And I don't even know why they bothered having a photo, because I could have drawn these guys. They're just the stereotype of the tech bros with these smirks on their face. Yeah, we're awesome. We created this great thing. We're destroying humanity. And they all look the same, and they all either have these colorful sneakers or these boots with the laces undone, and just these douchebags who just think they're so fucking smart, and they have no sense of responsibility. But something that really stuck with me is I read an article in The New Yorker a few years ago about Mark Burnett. You know, he is yeah sure asshole producer of the apprentice and apparently initially the idea of the apprentice was it would be a different guy each season but trump was enough of a rating hit that they just decided to stick with him and 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 people also forget that you know the apprentice was his comeback he was yeah. kind of a joke for a couple decades you know late 80s to the apprentice he he had definitely slipped beneath the surface and the apprentice created this myth of him being this business genius because you know they edited around his insanity when you you approach burnett in any way now about his culpability, he says, well, I'm not into politics. 
saying you're not into politics, I think, is garbage because politics is everything. It takes an especial level of myopic privilege to absolve yourself of being into politics or just min- right? or just mendacity how about that and this guy who you know if we're going to blame one person for, i mean other than fred trump for creating this horrific phenomenon you know it'll be burnett and he won't even oh i'm not I, I'm just absolving yourself of it and whatever i'm judging these guys unfairly so i've always been jealous of these guys that they can live in this ignorance is bliss world and they can get a pass for all this bullshit and whatever these guys are ukrainians so they're not even americans they're still humans yeah i i, I mean i don't know if jealousy is the word here i don't know what it must be like to care so little and to feel such little responsibility and to so violate the holy words of uncle ben with great power comes great responsibility and and these guys are emblematic of a wave of people who feel none of that i'm not jealous because i wouldn't want to be that guy because i have some sense of responsibility i mean or at least guilt well i'm not jealous but i am resentful of the um yeah, I'm resentful of those exa- that exact yes. type of guy you're talking about. Um, there's this sort of asshole who's above it all. The guy who can't possibly um, look into the value of anything. These people who work in quantities. It's like they're moving widgets. What they do doesn't have any meaning so long as they get famous. Like anybody who goes into making an app, presumably, forgive me if you make an app and I'm slandering you, but you just wanted to make an app so you can get famous. You didn't really care what it was about. You were just trying to right. create a sensation of some sort. And that's who these guys are. You're like, a, it's not immoral. It's amorality, which I, I think is bullshit. Yeah. I don't think there is such a thing yeah, as You amor- could say, am- well, amorality is immoral if it's a person. Yes. I think amorality applies applies to animals and concepts. I think business is amoral. The problem is when gov- governments that let business run roughshod over people are immoral. The people who participate, you know, people are enabled to do immoral things in the service of amorality is, what, is another right. thing too. Yes. But it's like these guys think that, oh, the, you know, what I'm doing is just coding. I'm just doing coding. That's what I did. Whatever you all do with this is what you did with it. I merely made right. this thing. You're the one that killed all these people with it. You're an enabler, right? Well, we somehow got through that. No, well, let's finish this off because I think <laughs> I know where this thing lands on the Felonian scale, the XYZ axis of all the horrible and good yeah. things we've covered on this show over the course of time. Where do you find... I- I'm really annoyed because I feel maybe we were talking about similar things when we talked about the the face app thing. We probably were. But I feel like there's something really a former topic we looked at really obvious that I'm forgetting about now. Yeah, I that I felt like wasn't I, just tiresome and annoying and obnoxious and and tacky like Ryan's world but like actively going to bring down humanity. I thought Ryan And I can't I can't put my finger on it. I thought Ryan's world to me that's the one I remember being pretty Man, pretty I, uh, I, this is so much worse than Ryan's world. This is like we could ignore Donald Trump when he was the host of The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. I never watched The Apprentice. We can't ignore him now, you know? And that I feel like that's the difference. We could ignore Ryan's world. Mm-hmm. We will not be I mean for the moment we can, but we will not be able to ignore deep fake technology. This is sub sewer level yeah i was this is is the fiery magma core of the earth i gotta agree with you um definitely down towards the bottom i was gonna even being charitable just about this on an on on an actual like level i even did you give us some credit the best thing i could sort of say about it aside from the games that me and our friends have played with it 
That's sort of like a Lana Del Rey thing, right? Something really mediocre, which people lift up as harmless fun. Yeah. Whatever. Lana Del Rey didn't hurt anybody, but this probably will. But it, it's it's definitely bigger than that because of the whole Overton window. It's such a horrible horizon of what you could do with this. and I mean, what is coming? It's not just what you can do with it. It's not that people are going to avoid it, somehow pull away from it. They're opening up the throttle and driving right at the ground, you know, pointing this plane at a freaking mountain and waiting to see how big the blast is going to be. And I mean, I'm just talking about what it is I can predict will happen, not the goddamn stuff we're going to be completely stupefied. Yeah. Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody, right, nobody knows. knows. That's amazing. You know, nobody knows yeah. anything. So let's enjoy the rest of our weekend. I, I Look, let's make a commitment. We don't know what we're talking about next week, but let's make a promise that next week, uh, whatever we look at, even if we don't like it, it's something whose negative implications are minimal. Let's I, I, let's yeah. let's do a corrective. How about that? I like that. That sounds good. Okay. Good. So we, we promise you that is our that is our promise to you. The I don't get it. The pop culture get off my long cast viewing public. That's the Tarnovian assurance that we give all you guys. Yes. So if you'd like Skirillian to Scurvian, Scurvian. Yes. If you'd like to find past episodes of our or show, Scurvian? no, no, you're, you're not going to get to it. We got to settle this debate. Scurillian, Scurvinian, Scurvian, Scurian, Scurrite, Tarnovian and Scurrite. How about that? Tarnovian and Scurrite. We, okay. We've just created another. Uh, we've created a category now. We have something else added into the lingo, the argot of our own language. That's right. great. So if you'd like to find past episodes of our show, look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill show write to us Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com go on Apple Podcasts and give us a review I'm on Twitter at William Scurry uh, maybe you'll even see some of these videos we've uh, you know these short little loops they might even be there uh, look on youtube.com slash for my video content now Noah will explain a bunch of stuff <laughs> Uh, you can learn about me at the big at bigquizthing.com. Uh, that is my business, the Big Quiz Thing, America's number one provider of corporate and private virtual trivia events these days. In person again, God, I hope so someday. Uh, but we're having a lot of fun with virtual events, and we're doing a lot of fundraisers in this season of fundraisers. So, if you represent a worthy cause, please reach out to us. We would we would be happy to help you. Uh, and uh, we're having a lot of fun. So um, please come join us, bigquizthing.com. Until the next uplifting episode of this podcast, we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.